Hello and welcome to another edition of Friday Finds for Friday, September 15th, 2023. I'm Lynn Schneider and I thank you so much for joining me again today. So my first story today comes from the website today.com. So there's a mom. They have two children. One of them is four-year-old Alex. Now, Alex was playing on a bounce house, and the mom noticed that after um, this particular activity, poor little Alex was just starting to act strange. Um, He started to really need a lot of Motrin, and if he didn't get Motrin, he would have meltdowns. He was grinding his teeth. He was starting to lose balance, and he was really just a, a... you know, having temper tantrums and his personality changed significantly. And he seemed to be struggling with a lot of pain. And his mom was like, you know, what is going on? So with the teeth grinding, they figured that the little guy had, you know, some sort of cavity or a tooth coming in or whatever. So they went to the dentist and the dentist really didn't see anything. They had they referred him to an orthodontist and they said something about his palate being too narrow or something. And they put some sort of apparatus in his mouth to take care of that issue. And the parents thought that it was working and they were glad about that. But soon after, poor little Alex started to have a lot of difficulty with foot dragging he was in tons of pain and would just have meltdowns. And basically the parents, the mom was just absolutely beside herself. She just didn't know what to do. So they they had basically this started a three-year uh, spat of all sorts of Experts that they went to see, doctors, 17 different doctors and specialists. Um, They had tried everything and they just didn't know. They never really got a diagnosis. The one doctor told them that, oh, and also Alex had sort of stopped growing as well. So, you know, the mom was just beside herself with fear and, and just trying to figure out what was wrong with this little guy. And so, she in, in out of desperation, basically earlier this year, um, she had found out about chat GPT. So she got a, you know, a plus subscription and she, because she said she had been all over the internet trying to find anything she could find about her son's condition. But what happened was that when she got chat GPT, she basically entered everything she knew about her son's condition, everything into chat GPT. And that even included line by line from his MRI notes. I mean, she really gave it a lot of information. And um, so chat GPT returned some things. And one of the things it returned was something called tethered cord syndrome. And, you know, basically when The mom looked at the symptoms and compared them with her son's symptoms. They were identical. 
So basically what she then did is that she went to Facebook and joined Facebook groups with families um, that had this tethered cord syndrome in their children. And she really connected with them and they encouraged her and she then made an appointment with another specialist and expressed her thoughts to the specialist about this diagnosis and could this be what is was wrong with Alex. So then after the mom suggested it, that is the where the focus was started to be put. And she went to um, a place that or a specialist that actually listened to her and made the official diagnosis of tethered cord syndrome. So tethered cord syndrome is they say it's like a form of spina bifida. And usually when people have spina bifida, you can look at their back and they have like a hole or like a tuft of hair um, at the base of the spinal cord that sort of gives everybody a clue that, okay, this is, and a lot of times now they can even diagnose this with an ultrasound. But in Alex's case, he didn't have that opening. The opening was not visible. So he had this tethered cord syndrome, and it's it, what happens is that the tissue in the spinal cord actually forms an at- it forms attachments, okay, that sort of limit the movement of the spine, um, and it causes the spine to stretch in an abnormal way, and it that cord gets stretched and pressed on, and sort of can it get attached to, like tumor or bone fragments or bone spurs, whatever. So in other words, it's, I guess it's like a rubber band that just, you know, puts abnormal pressure and, you know, causes everything to stretch. And of course it presses on nerves and things like that. So, I mean, poor little Alex, he was just beside himself with pain. I mean, he was, he was crazy with pain and the mom was just, you know, not sure what was happening and had been to all these specialists. And so chat GPT made the suggestion of tethered cord syndrome. And that's what led the mom to these Facebook groups and ultimately to a specialist that listened to her and made the diagnosis um, at that point. And I guess this tethered spine syndrome is tethered cord syndrome is must be a rare thing. And this is what happens a lot of times with people that have rare diseases. They often are not properly diagnosed because specialists nowadays, everybody in the healthcare system is so, um, you know, time pressed. And you see somebody for 15 minutes, a half hour. And also, I mean, I just think the human brain cannot remember or cannot think of, we we don't walk around with a medical encyclopedia in our heads, right? So when the mom, you know, put all this information into chat GPT and it came back with, I guess, other things, but this tethered cord syndrome was something she had not heard of. I had not heard of it. I'm a medical transcriptionist and, you know, I worked in medical transcription for 25 years. So I think that, you know, with all the criticism that AI gets. And so if you don't know what chat GPT is, 
it's what, what they call an artificial intelligence app or artificial intelligence, um, I don't know what you would call it, program or whatever. So basically you type things into it and it can send the information to what we large language models. And basically these are computers, very sophisticated sorts of computer technology that can go out and look through gobs and gobs and gobs of data and can do it relatively quickly and come back with something that maybe people were not thinking about. I know. So I have been really accused by a lot of people because I am a proponent of AI. I believe that it has, certainly it has dangers. And, you know, I, I know people say I'm not really considering the dangers enough. And maybe that's true. But I believe that AI has the potential to help humans um, in so many good ways. And this is just one example of how we can harness this technology for good. So I like to point these things out because I think that, you know, the mom said she did Google searches and it didn't come up with anything that she felt was, was helpful. And that's because a typical Google search or a traditional search engine query that we would all do would not find this information because what chat GPT does and what artificial intelligence bots can do is they can look through tons, I mean, massive, massive amounts of data and come back with suggestions based on what it can see when it looks at all of that data. So it's not just coming back with a URL or a simple type of thing. It's coming back actually having queried all of these different sites and coming back with a summary of what it, it finds. So, you know, based on, um, based on what the mom was able to enter into the system, it was able to come back with, an answer to the little guy's problem. And, and so he has had surgery. So little Alex has had surgery and he's doing much better now. He still has some limitations, but you know, they were able to um, untether the spinal cord. So he's now growing again and he's, his pain is much better controlled. He's still, you know, he had the surgery a few weeks ago, so he's still in the recovery phase, but the mom says she can just see the joy coming back to this little guy. And she is so grateful and thankful. And it, it was a tough journey for them. But parents and anyone who has a disease that is sort of rare or whatever, know what it's like to go through tons and tons of specialists and not get the correct diagnosis. And that's because even, uh, you know, the best doctors cannot have the entire medical compendium of information in their heads. The human brain just can't do it. So anyway, I just think this is a positive AI story. And I like to bring positive AI stories because I think there's a lot of negativity in the media about AI. And sometimes that is unfortunate because we miss what it can do when we use it 
in the right way. So in our next story, we're going to present sort of a more balanced picture of AI and highlight something I had never considered and most of us probably haven't considered. And that is the fact that our technology, even before AI, was very thirsty. And what do I mean by that? Well, according to an article in PC Mag, the our technology is uses these big data centers. And the most inexpensive way to cool them because they they generate their servers generate tons of heat because of all the number crunching that we do, even, you know, Google's, even things like email, YouTube, all these things that we do with servers and in these big data centers actually produces tons of heat and the servers have to be kept cool. And so the the least expensive way to do it is using fresh water. So they do use massive amounts of, of water for cooling and total water consumption by Google in 2022. And this was before um, Google Bard was 5.6 billion. That's a B billion with a B gallons of fresh water. And that would be like enough to irrigate 37 golf courses for a year in the Southwest of the United States, according to Google's 2023 annual sustainability report. Now, according to Microsoft's 2023 environmental sustainability report, their water usage has increased 34% year over year to cool their massive data centers. And I think when we hear about that much water use, we sort of well, at least I have trouble sort of understanding my own contribution to that water usage. And it turns out that in one study, the article cites, chat GPT is estimated to use the equivalent of one 16-ounce bottle of water for every 20 to 50 queries that you would send it. And the article points out that this is something that has gone under the radar. We don't really think about it as much as a sustainability issue. I know Apple talked a lot about sustainability in their um, presentation this week, and I'm not going to rehash that. But I think that the water use situation is something I had never really thought about or heard mentioned. But as the article points out, this is going to become more and more of a problem as we start using a lot more of these really powerful computing systems, these huge, massive number crunching operations that generate a lot of heat and do need to be cool. In fact, in some of the areas where these data centers are located, people in the communities where they are are starting to notice that, you know, the the water consumption from their water supply is starting to become noticeable. And we know that a lot of places in the United States have experienced drought or, you know, water issues. And so we are going to have to think about alternatives because if this continues, a lot of places are going to find 
their water supply affected by these places. And they did talk about some possible things we could do to help the situation. One of them is to try to relocate these server farms or server data centers to cooler places. And they point out that most of the servers are located in the United States, not necessarily in the coolest places. And a lot of them are using water supplies from coastal areas, etc. So, I mean, this is something that we do need to think about. One of another um, thing they said is that they're trying to make the models use less processing, use less uh, intensive computing resources. So they're trying to redo the models so that they don't need as much number crunching. Um, collecting rainwater to use with these facilities, etc. They do, you know, give some some possible solutions, but this is really going to become, you know, I think something that we do hear more about. And so AI especially is a water hog because it does require a lot more computing power than many other things that we do. So I have a question for my listeners. This is our last story for today. Are you backed up these days? Now, I'm not talking about your computers now, okay? There was a report in the Wall Street Journal, and I also saw an article about this on Gizmodo, that apparently the United States has a laxative shortage right now. And there are many things that could be contributing to this such as the fact that our diets had deteriorated during the pandemic. So maybe we were eating a lot more junk food and less fiber. And, you know, we have an increasing demographically older population. And sometimes as you get older, things just don't move the way they need to. But researchers have found another possible explanation for the shortage of your favorite laxative products these days, and that is TikTok influencers under the hashtag gut health. And many of these influencers are talking about ways to make your gut health better so that your mood is better, your energy is better, what whatnot. So we know that there's just a lot of bad medical advice on TikTok and social media in general. But they say that searches for laxatives have gone way up on Amazon. And they think it's they think that part of this is due to young people actually trying to get these products, which is, of course, very dangerous. You know, chronic laxative abuse is super dangerous. And the article from Gizmodo gets into the you know graphic details of what can happen. And I won't go into them here. But if you're having trouble getting your favorite laxative product these days, at least you'll understand why. So with that being said, I think this is a good time to wrap things up for this week. But I do want to let you know that if you would like to get in touch with me, I love to hear your comments, suggestions or whatever. And you can send those to me at feedback at fridayfinds.show. That's feedback at fridayfinds.show. Also, if you would like, you can visit the website for this particular podcast, and you can find that at 
fridayfinds.show. That's fridayfinds.show. I thank you for listening, for subscribing, and for all of your feedback. And I hope you have a great weekend and a great week ahead. So until next week, bye for now.